Lekutis Sichis, Volume 17, The Sicha for Shabbat Hagadol. The title of this article, A Great Shabbat for a Great Miracle. The Shabbat before Passover is called Shabbat Hagadol, the Great Shabbat. The Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, in his Shulchan Aruch, Code of Jewish Law, explains the reason for this name, and I quote to you. The Shabbat that precedes Passover is called Shabbat HaGadol because a great miracle occurred on that day. And explains, the lamb to be offered for the Paschal sacrifice in Egypt was set aside on the 10th of the month of Nisan. As it is written, quote, on the 10th of this month, each of them shall take a lamb for a family, end quote. That day was Shabbat, for the Jews left Egypt on a Thursday, as will be explained in section 494. Since the 15th of Nisan, the day that the Jews left Egypt, was a Thursday, the 10th of Nisan was Shabbat. And then al Rebbe continues, When the Jews took the lambs for their paschal sacrifice on that Shabbat, the firstborn of the nations of the world gathered around the Jews and asked them, Why are you doing this? The Jews answered, It's a paschal sacrifice to God who will slay the firstborn of Egypt. The firstborn of each family went to their parents and to Pharaoh to ask them to release the Jews, but they did not agree. The firstborn waged war against Pharaoh and his supporters and slew many of them. This is alluded to by the verse to strike Egypt bifchorehem, which means through their firstborn. And then the Alter Rebbe concludes, the rabbis established the commemoration of this miracle for the future generations on the Shabbat preceding Passover and called it Shabbat Hagadol. Question number one, why does the Alter Rebbe need to emphasize that it was a great miracle when any miracle on a specific Shabbos would make it the great Shabbat? Two, additionally, what makes this miracle so great when it accomplished nothing for Israel and their redemption? The civil war was had, defeated, and Israel remained slaves as before the war. Another question. All holidays commemorating a miracle are established by the day of the month. It, that this case would be the 10th of Nisan. It happened on. And not the day of the week. This case, Shabbat. Now, the Alter Rebbe himself in the very same law asks and answers the question. I quote, why did the rabbis not establish the commemoration of this miracle on the 10th of the month, regardless of whether the date fell on Shabbat or during the week, as all the other festivals are commemorated on a given date? And he answers, because Miriam the prophetess died on the 10th of Nisan. This would happen 40 years later. And the rabbis established a fast on that day when it falls during the week, as will be explained in section 580.8. Consult that source. End of quote. Okay, so we have a reason. However, this only affords us a negation reason of why not to establish it on the 10th of Nisan. Nevertheless, there must be a proactive reason on why to connect the commemoration of the great miracle specifically with the day of Shabbat. This becomes clear also from God's commanding Israel to specifically shall take a lamb on Shabbat when doing so entails desecrating the laws of Shabbat, of making business acquisitions, carrying living animals, leading it from one domain to another, checking it for blemishes and the likes. Now, aside, and even though this took place before the Torah was given, so there was no mitzvah of Shabbat, nevertheless, number one, 
we know from the Talmud, the forefathers, the 12 sons and the tribe of Levi always kept the Torah. And second of all, specifically about Shabbat, our sages tell us, and I quote, And he, Moses, saw their suffering. He saw that they had no rest. He went and said to Paro, Whoever has a servant who does not rest one day in the week is dead. And these are your servants. If you do not give them rest, you will put them to death. So Pharaoh said to Moses, Go and do to them as you said. Moses went and fixed Shabbat for them to rest. So therefore all the Jews already were keeping Shabbat. Hence, we must say that God commanded that Israel do this taking of the lamb on Shabbat because its outcome, the great miracle, is intrinsically connected with Shabbat. To understand this, we must understand the heart and soul of both concepts. Number one, Shabbat. And number two, the great miracle of to strike Egypt through their firstborn. Let's start with Shabbat. Our sages teach us upon the verse a song with musical accompaniment for the Shabbat day. Quote, Rabbi Shimon said, When is the praise of God? When there is no harmers or when there are harmers but they don't harm? One would say, when there are harmers but they don't harm. And so it says, a song with musical, musical accompaniment for the Shabbat day to disable a harmer from the world that they will not harm. And so too it says, a wolf shall lie with a lamb. Now, and in the harmer's world, excuse me, and in accordance with this, the Tzemach Tzedek, Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Lubavitch, explains that the disabling of harmers can happen in one of two ways. Remove the entire existence of harmers from the world or transform the harmers that they not be harmers. And he goes on to say, and the second way, which is the transformation from evil to good, is the superior way. Now, even though the latter will primarily be when Mashiach comes, that's the, really what the verse of Isaiah about the lion and the lamb is talking about, nevertheless, kind of like that happened at the first Shabbat of creation when, I quote you a teaching from the sages, the light served for 36 hours, 12 of Friday and 12 of Friday night and 12 of Shabbat day, meaning that actually Adam did not see darkness until Saturday night. Hence it was, I quote the verse from Psalms, and the night will light up like day, that the darkness was transformed into light. Now, transformation is not just a product of Shabbat, but rather transformation is what Shabbat is. How so? Our sages state, what was the world lacking? Rest, inner peace, holistic oneness, congruency, and alignment. Then it goes on to say, Shabbat came and so came rest. Now the work was complete and finished. End quote. However, to fully appreciate this, it is necessary to introduce the teaching of the Magid Rabdov Ber of Mizrich. He teaches that time is a creation. Now, this creation time was created as seven 24-hour creations, after which the seven-day cycle of time just renews itself. Hence, every day of the seven days of creation was a new creation of time. Hence, what was still missing was the creation of the seventh 24-hour cycle of time. What were the sages asking what was missing? Therefore, when the sages say that what was missing was rest, they mean that Shabbat was not just another 24-hour time creation in which the product of rest was created. 
but rather that the very creation of the seventh 24-hour period of time called Shabbat is the creation of rest. Deeper yet, let's understand this. The six prior creations time, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which entail within them the changes, now change is the antithesis of rest, but time always entails within them a past, present, and future. However, the seventh creation of time, called Shabbat, which is rest, these very time properties of past, present, and future changes are transformed through Shabbat being a transnatural creation of rest into a holistic oneness above and beyond the restlessness of changes, past, present, and future of time. Now, I want to just note that the Rebbe supplies an incredible halachic manifestation of these two dimensions of time, whether it's made up of past, present, and future, or it's one holistic oneness. And he quotes the Rogachava genius, Rabbi Yosef Rosen. He rules concerning a child becoming an adult in middle of Shabbat or in middle of Yom Kippur. And he says as follows, that on a biblical level, the child is obligated to begin observing Shabbat from the minute that he becomes an adult in middle of Shabbat because every minute of Shabbat has a past, present, and future. Hence, even though the past Shabbat minute he wasn't obligated, the present minute he is. However, the Raghachavagon concludes, concerning Yom Kippur, which is called the Shabbat of Shabbatot, in which the entire period of Yom Kippur is one holistic point, being that he missed one minute of Yom Kippur, he therefore missed any minute of Yom Kippur. The Rebbe gives another example. In counting the Omer, we are commanded to count 49 days. Now, there are opinions that if you missed one day of counting, you can no more make the blessing. Why? Because the entire 49 days are all one holistic period of time. Hence, if you missed one day, you missed the entire counting of 49 days. So that's about Shabbat. Shabbat is transformation in which it becomes a holistic oneness, transformation of changes, restlessness, divisiveness into holiness, unity, oneness. Now let's talk about what a great miracle is. Mystically speaking, the firstborns represent the strength and might of the people. Hence, we are speaking of the strength and might of Egypt, firstborns of Egypt, waging a war against Egypt to let Israel go. And this is happening in a time when the darkness of Egypt is so strong that even after the war, when the firstborns did slew many of them, nevertheless, Pharaoh did not let Israel go. That's how dark it was. This is the meaning of a great miracle that the very strength and might of evil is demanding of evil in its prime to transform itself into goodness. Unlike other miracles where the evil is broken but not transformed. Now, this is the reason why this Shabbat is called the great Shabbat, meaning that the very essence of Shabbat, which is all about transform the harmers that they may not harm, the transformation of evil into good. This, this Shabbat, it reached great. What does it mean great? The transformation of the firstborns, the might of Egypt, of evil, demanding of Egypt to transform. With this, we also understand the lengthy wording of the Alter Rebbe. Quote, that day was Shabbos, for the Jews left Egypt on a Thursday. 
Why? Because the on the tenth of this month, each of them shall take a lamb, can be seen as one, also in a preparation to the fifteenth of Nisan, Exodus, Egypt, or separately, only a purpose unto its own to bring a sacrifice. The Alter Rebbe is telling us since the fifteenth of Nisan was a Thursday, therefore the tenth of Nisan was Shabbat. That it was not a separate mitzvah, but it was part and parcel of the 15th of Nisan, which is the exodus of Egypt. Why? Mystically speaking, Shabbos is called Shabbat Malkasa. Malkasa is Aramaic for the word king, meaning that it is the emanation of kingship, which on Shabbat ascends to the higher emanations of the six male emotions called the small faces and the emanation of understanding called mother. However, being that when kingship on Shabbat ascends to receive from its superiors, she is called, quote, dark light of annihilation, end quote. Why? Because she annihilates evil. Now, on the great Shabbat, we need it not to annihilate, but to transform evil by ascending even higher into the emanation of understanding, which is mystically called world of freedom, redemption, which will fully experience only when Mashiach comes. Hence, Altareb points out that this Shabbat of the great Shabbat is connected with the 15th of Nisan, the Exodus, which is freedom, redemption of Egypt. Even though that's supposed to happen only when Mashiach comes, this was a snippet of that concept. The lesson. When a Jew does the mitzvah of draw and take for yourself a lamb, Now, our sages tell us, what does that mean? Draw away from idolatry, the 365 prohibitions, and take God, the 248 positive precepts for yourself. And they do this with self-sacrifice and encourage others, like the verse says, take it for a family, not just for yourself. They encourage others to do so as well. He brings about an effect on the world. The firstborns of Egypt are fighting for goodness. And will bring about the verse in Mika, which says, As in the days of your exodus from the land of Egypt, I shall show him wonders.